0: Welcome to Industry 4.0. Welcome to Industry 4.0, otherwise known as I 40. This is episode 29. And we got a little something different for you guys today. Um, We're going to start off breaking it down with the week's news. And uh, we got a nice little surprise going on in the second half. So. I'm joined today by Urban and Ryan. How are you guys doing? Hey, doing well. It's good to, to have you guys on the yeah. show. It's a, it's a Tuesday. It is a Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday. We're a little bit later than normal, uh-huh. but club going up on a Tuesday, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so <laughs> so oh, man. to start off, um, the show we have a little bit of news about apple um we got some more bad news about uber surprise surprise um some stuff about skype and a little news about net neutrality and before we get into that i know we've beat that horse pretty dead but it is very relevant in the news today and i think it's something we do need to cover at least one more time before this big decision in December, but uh, jumping straight into the first topic, um, I know Irvin, you were telling me about this one the other week or the other day. Apple's secure enclave has been decrypted, and last time I checked, Apple's secure enclave is a fairly important piece of their hardware and software. Yeah,
1: it is. So the secure <laughs> enclave was introduced in the uh, iPhone 5s. So that's when they uh, first introduced Touch ID. So that's how they uh, uh, touted that iPhone is the most secure because it has this secure enclave where it stores uh, your fingerprint and never goes to uh, Apple servers. It's always stored locally on the device, and that's how it ensures that um, the fingerprint data is never um, owned um, or anything. Um, but uh, we have now learned that a hacker by the name of... Arm sixty four porn star uh, <laughs> uh, has uh, put the decryp- decryption key for Apple's secure enclave. Uh, he has posted that online, um, so that now any pretty much anyone can decrypt that data that's located on that secure enclaves, which would be your um, fingerprint data, uh, which is quite interesting. Uh, so mm-hmm. I wonder uh, what uh, Apple will do. Uh, a couple months ago there was a news about the secure enclaves and some people got access to it uh, but they, it was still encrypted um but now it looks like it was fully uh decrypted uh, from the initial uh, news that came out when it was uh when people got access to it they found that it has its own kernel it's it has its it's running its own operating system um it's like an its own system on a chip uh this um mm-hmm. Uh, secure enclave would processor um so it has its own operating system of everything um so no slug. now they have decrypted it wonder how apple will go ahead and fix this issue if they can at all um because each um each device is tied to this uh secure enclave at the factory i don't know if you guys knew this but uh, people have had issues, right? If they try to replace the screen, Well, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, if you try to replace a screen on a broken iPhone, uh, you have to. If you want to keep the uh, Touch ID functionality, you have to transfer over the Touch ID sensor from mm-hmm. your old screen to the new one. Because um, you can't, ju- you can't just buy a new Touch ID off of eBay or whatever uh, site and put it on your old phone because it won't work. Because at the factory, uh, Apple programs ties the the Touch ID and the uh, motherboard uh, together, so they know how to talk to each other. Um, That
0: actually used to brick phones, didn't it? Yeah. Until they fixed that. Yeah.
2: So the actual the actual like sensor um, itself, it was actually it had like a serial number that was tied to this decrypted process or encrypted. It's not really a processor. It's just kind of a, a database that stores it on the phone itself. Yeah. That was actually tied to that physically with a serial number.
1: Yeah. The entire secure enclave, that thing that took care of the encryption and the decryption of your fingerprint when you put your finger on the, on it on the sensor was tied to physically that phone to that phone's motherboard. So if you tried to put it into a different phone, it would never work. Uh, that's why mm. you couldn't find uh soul like third party or not third party, but uh, second hand uh, touch ids online because even if you did it would never work it would just act like a normal home button the touch id functionality wouldn't work
2: um, and so in layman's terms this this arm 64 porn star uh he kind of put out the cipher for decrypting everything yeah um, um, but it's phone. so basically if, like, you'd have to like have a stolen phone physically in your possession or something to decrypt other people's
1: yeah, you could data. you could in mm-hmm. theory do that using the decryptor tool uh, that he posted, um, and how to get that firmware uh, off of the device, and then also how to decrypt it. So in theory, you could get someone's uh, fingerprint data off a of stolen phone if you wanted to, and perhaps uh,
0: use it somewhere else. And this introduces a, a topic that could be a much a part of a much larger discussion about uh, these companies implementing whether it be through software or hardware, black boxes in which nobody can test or verify that this is actually being properly secured. Yeah. So that's something that's important because this is probably the first time that security analysts and researchers are going to be able to see this thing. And it's a good thing that the tools are published because now it's basically trivial for people to get into this secure enclave and see. But this is this should be something that other companies look at and hopefully take it back and realize that these black boxes aren't a good idea unless they're at least checked by a third party before they're enclosed and put away forever. Yeah. So
1: I, I I, I don't like it. I I always been a big proponent of open source software, right? Putting Mm -hmm. out your stuff out in the open and letting people inspect it. Right. And it's, uh, I don't like uh, security through obscurity. Uh, what that means is just just don't tell anyone how you do security and just trust that they' the person's doing it right or the company's doing it right. I'd rather mm-hmm. have everything in the open so that people um, with who have the knowledge can encrypt or can look at that, analyze it, and give suggestions on how they might be able to improve it. And then Apple hasn't been doing that with their secure enclave. Uh, so far, maybe this will change that. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully
2: um but yeah I I don't well, know I, I can kind of see Apple's argument on this though if you save it locally and, dec- and and encrypt it it's not like everybody's data is stored centrally in one point where if there's a data breach like we see we're seeing all over the place these days there's one data breach it could affect millions of users whereas this is like well okay we got the ciphers out there now it's gonna it, it's gonna affect everybody who's got maybe stolen phones stolen physical devices it's right. not gonna be out there in the open yeah, for you, millions of people.
1: Yeah, you need physical access to the hardware. Um what's mm-hmm. one thing you you can't this would be a lot bigger if you could do this remotely. Right. But since Apple yeah. decided to not store any of this data locally on their servers, which is a great part everything's locally on the device, that means mm-hmm. just just by releasing this description software doesn't mean that every one is affected uh, by right. this. In terms of that someone can just push a button Using a tool and decrypt everyone's secure enclave remotely, um, mm-hmm. but it's still definitely an issue. Even with just see,
2: I, 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 sorry, go ahead. Irv. No, that's no. I, I do like that thinking because look at how long it took before this was actually cracked, whereas we see all these other data breaches happening all yeah. the time. Um, mm-hmm. But it would be. It seems like it would be more beneficial to have Apple have a remote access to changing the actual algorithm that encrypts everything. Yeah. So it's say you an update that will just re everything once the cipher's broken. I mean, they could yeah. do
1: that through a firmware update um, in the next iOS, perhaps. Um, but that might require everyone to re-authenticate their Touch ID, like to re-register
0: their fingerprint. I don't yeah. know. Gotcha. I'm just guessing here. Uh, yeah. But uh, anything they do is significant burden on the user at this point. Well, beyond what their <laughs> normal use is of the phone, right? I wonder how much of a how much of a leap the hackers would have to make to go from the touch ID to the face ID of the iPhone ten. Uh, because they're using the same they talked about the secure
1: enclave or right. the face ID data too. Does yeah. that I don't this article doesn't particularly mention that being affected, but mm-hmm. could be.
0: Yeah, I wonder how far of a leap that would have to be. Because yeah, like you're saying, um, I think you told me this a couple of weeks ago when, or even a month or two ago when the phone was newer, um, that the face ID was analyzed by security researchers and they realized that you couldn't take the face ID and put it onto another iPhone 10 and have it work. It's unique per device.
1: Yeah. Oh, so, right. Yes. The, uh, the dots, mm, the, the projection. The dot, projection, the, the dot yeah. projection is unique to every single device. Mm hmm. So that, yeah. that the dots that it's projecting on your face is never the same. So the reason that they the reason that they did that is let's say you have two iPhone tens, people with two iPhone tens side by side, if one's dot projection is somewhat shining on the other person's face, um, it the the phone won't get confused because it's looking for its own dot projection, unique pattern of dot projection. That's how it can tell it. The it apart so we we'll won't get confused if multiple people are trying to uh, unlock yeah. their phones right next to each other, uh, which is really cool. But um, really smart way of of handling that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think so too. But one, um, one smart you know, thing that Apple is not doing uh, in terms of software recently, uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about this more in the second half. We'll switch it up a little bit for the second half of this episode, but uh, we'll get into that more. Uh, but we just mm-hmm. want to mention this. It came out uh, just today. Uh, five hours to go on this particular yeah. article, but um, Apple had, has made a boo boo in uh, their <laughs> software uh, again. This isn't the first time. Called um, when initially the high C or I think yeah it was high Sierra when it was first released. Um, they they had an issue with their uh, new Apple file system. Uh, that you could just uh, decrypt it uh, without actually putting in the password uh, but now there a new one came out just today that uh, you could uh, log in <laughs> as root just by putting in the username root and no password uh, I am on, root. on any uh, Apple computer running uh, high Sierra um, uh, Any version of High Sierra currently. That includes the betas as well. Uh, So So, this will allow uh, anyone with physical access to your laptop to get root level access. So what that means uh, is that they can pretty much do anything that they want on the computer. um, Install any malware that they'd like.
0: Um, Yeah, this is not good. Locked out of your MacBook? Unlock it with this one neat trick.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Just type in root. It seems it's a derivative price. from uh, the Linux underlay, isn't it?
1: No, yeah, that's, it's just the root.
2: Yeah, kind sort of like admin, it. admin. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. But for for an operating system who's been out, like I mean, macOS ten is not new, right? I mean, this is all based off macOS ten. Like, I don't know how this was left there, maybe from testing. Uh, but right now, there's a quick fix you can do uh, is you just can you can log in as that root user and go in and and assign a password to it because right now there is no password to it that's a temporary fix um right now until apple has acknowledged the issue and they're working on um an update uh, for uh, high sierra so i will definitely
0: be uh keeping an eye on my laptop make sure nobody nefarious touches it until that uh, if you if you want to if you want to put on the white hat and you happen to see an unattended MacBook at a coffee shop, be sure to log in and change that for them, so that way they don't have to worry about it.
1: And put, put the put the password that you change it to on a post-it note or something.
0: Yeah, like or just like tell them like whisper it on the way out when they get back to their MacBook, because you don't want to just leave their root passwords stuck to the MacBook. It's it's almost as bad as leaving it completely empty, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, we'll get more deep into
1: this type of Apple software uh, conversation in the in the second half.
0: I have a, a little rant yeah. uh, about that later on. We're done with Apple for now, but we're not done with hacks. No, we are not. Yeah. Guess uh, what, guys? We can we can reset the Uber clock back to zero for days <laughs> for days since an Uber issue. <laughs> yes. Um this Mashable article goes on to mention that Uber has leaked info on 57 million people and paid a hundred thousand dollars to cover it up. So the data breach, um, includes names, email addresses, and phone numbers. Um, thankfully, unlike Equifax, no social security numbers and no, and no additional details about your person are done aside from that have been breached. But, it's still it's still pretty bad that's fifty seven million people <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, and it included about six hundred thousand license numbers from seven million drivers wow so and the bad, the
1: worst part and you mentioned this they tried to cover it up by paying yep. hackers mm-hmm. to um uh try to find it on the dark web wherever is that information m- might be might have been uh tried to be sold um to trying to I guess not get it, not let it get out uh, any further than that. Um, yes. Which is, I guess, I guess, I mean, it's just like hiring white hat hackers to work on your half instead mm-hmm. of against you work for you and get instead of against you. But yeah. I think they sh- still should have been um, more public about this. Cause this doesn't
0: come out till later on after um, after this happened. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so um well in response I think I feel like we should talk about what Uber did in response to this. Um yeah. their chief security officer was fired this week. <laughs> um oh, he was wonderful. one of the few remaining executives from the Travis Kalanick era. Um but uh and and also I spent a lot of time uh a few episodes back tr- practicing this name so I can get it right going forward, but Uber CEO Dara Khosrowshahi was really pissed at this. He said that none of this should have happened and he's not going to make any excuses for it. So I think that if these issues happen going forward, I think heads are going to roll at Uber and he's not taking any prisoners. Yeah. So.
1: So this happened even before he joined. Right. Yeah. It says it says in this article this this occurred before even he was this uh, he was the CEO. So uh, he didn't know about this.
2: Um, Mm -hmm. It was kept under wraps. the fact that it broke now is still it's still bad (laughs) it's bad but it seems like ever since he's become ceo their whole pr has changed significantly yeah (laughs) going from wolf of wall street under kalendick to all right we're now we're being proactive we're trying to get in in league with volvo and self-driving cars we're trying to come out and be public about you know our, our our prior you know, miss falls, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. This is just one it, more
2: ugly chain, I, yeah, okay. it, it, it's ugly. And honestly, Kalanick is the dude's just Jordan Belford in Uber, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, really, it's the closest you can get to that. Um, yeah, just cover everything up, doing things for money. He was kind of a pig, that's it that's, <laughs> it, that's it, that's it, yeah. But, yeah. Um, I'm like, I like this star
0: Kasper shy guy, he's been pretty good yeah. so far yeah. for yeah. Uber. Yeah.
2: I, I can respect that. The whole PR change is refreshing. And hopefully, I mean, with all the software they have behind the scenes, they can do a lot with that. So mm-hmm. it's, not yeah. the, it's not the end of the world, you know, yeah. a lot of money behind them, too. <laughs> so. yeah.
1: If you guys were wondering how Uber got hacked in the first place, it turns out that the Uber, Uber engineers left their uh, AWS keys on GitHub. Oh, cool. Um,
0: so... <laughs> you mean that's not where you store your Git? I gotta go log into that. <laughs> that's not where you store that. Mm. Why? So, <laughs> oh my God! So
1: AWS, for anybody who doesn't know, is Amazon Web Services, mm. which which pretty much runs uh, a lot of the internet nowadays, and that includes Uber's servers as well. Um, and they just left their keys, which gives them uh, gives uh, their engineers access to that uh, cloud uh, on a public GitHub page,
2: uh, which means any disgruntled former engineers could have leaked that stuff.
1: Or anyone who, well, it's on their GitHub, so
0: it's open to everyone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like today's security breaches and hacks are either the result of like massive amounts of hurdles being jumped and like crazy efficient like hacking skills or just like really stupid mistakes, (laughs) (laughs) like really poor like checking, like leaving your AWS keys on GitHub or Mm -hmm. like leaving the root password open. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, I don't even know.
2: <laughs> it's what happens when your security team is reactive instead of proactive.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's security needs to get past being reactive. Mm-hmm.
2: But um, in other news,
0: not including any hacks, uh, Skype has vanished from every app store in China, including Apple's. So the it looks like they're cracking down on on uh, on Skype and. Um, apparently, the, the reasoning was that a number of voiceover internet protocols don't comply with the local law, and therefore they've been removed. So, um, it's only in China; it's not everywhere. Um, but this is another sign of countries each reacting to global programs differently, and the consequences that has on the local community and getting them access to communicate or information with one another. And I, I mean, it's it's tough. For it must be tough for Skype to manage so many different countries, or right. any company for that matter.
1: And I think um, it's it's a, a story about how these uh, companies are complying with these laws, especially Apple, um, because they want to operate in China. They want to be on the mm-hmm. best interests of the Chinese government, right? Because they mm-hmm. China is a huge market for Apple. They want their get economy into is that, massive. Yeah, they want to get into that uh as quickly as possible to get more iPhones into uh, China as possible. Um which you think would be easy, but since they make them there, but um Yeah actually getting them sold at the right price because they're fairly expensive over there. Um uh, but mm-hmm. it it I don't know if right you they Apple might not agree with China's um government, right? The way they do do things, whatever rules that they have or restrictions that they might have, but they're willing to comply uh, with them just to, I think, I don't know, keeping the inside yeah. of, of China.
2: Apple also, they, they have a lot of raw resources that come directly from China. Whereas Microsoft is more of a software based in the U S it's not yeah. local like Apple is.
1: Yeah. And it yeah. wasn't just uh, Skype that was hit. Um, WhatsApp was also blocked in China. Um, to the, the there's filters already uh, blocking things like uh, gmail facebook snapchat twitter telegram and line uh, already that that block uh, the usage of these services um oh so, yeah. not the yeah, first I'm one there. but won't be the
2: last it's, either i'm sure it's, this is yeah. Pay To play oh. elements in there as well, that this mm-hmm. article doesn't like really go into depth on, but
0: yeah. And, and Skype said that they do plan on re working to reinstate the app in the country yeah. because they do they they see the value, and like you guys were saying, in what is lost in not having one of the largest economies in the world, right? You know? So, let me let the dog out real quick, she's going a little nuts. So, if you guys want to, <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, so the our next topic is it was pretty big in the news. Uh, uh, if you guys were any of you were on Reddit, you saw this a couple uh, days ago. It was taken over every single post on Reddit. Uh, net neutrality is in the news again. Uh, the reason is that uh, the FCC is putting up a vote on December fourteenth uh, to overrule. Uh, the net neutrality um, guidelines that were put in place under Title II um, back under Obama, um, and they're looking to overrule those. So um, our great uh, friend and probably wonderful guy, but I still hate his guts, Ajit Pai, he's he's not wonderful. He's probably the worst (laughs) human being. On the planet. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. AjiPai uh, <laughs> <out. laughs> uh, is, is pushing to, uh, in his words, he wants to lessen uh, the, um, ov- the rule that the FCC has over how uh, certain um, internet providers uh, operate. So less of a government oversight, right? He wants to eliminate that, let, them, let it be a truly f- open and free market. Um, But a lot of people argue that uh, you really need some kind of government oversight, because if you let uh, the Verizons and Comcast make their own decisions, they will go where it will benefit their bottom line, not the benefit of the user itself. So that will mean um, charging for certain access. Um, for certain sites or certain services extra additional to whatever you're paying for your monthly bill. Or it could mean um, uh, throttling certain um, services uh, versus giving more bandwidth to something that they might offer um, themselves. So giving Verizon's uh, streaming service higher priority so you'll get it faster instead of Netflix because they don't want you to use Netflix. They'd rather you use uh, Verizon's own streaming service. Um, so that could be a, a possibility. A lot of people are saying that all of this is hypothetical. Azure Pi says that as well. this this hasn't happened yet. It, 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 it's just people talking. but we've seen this uh, before this net, the initial rule came out for net neutrality under Title II, which gave, which started regulating all this stuff a little bit more that some ISPs were starting to lean towards this type of behavior. Um, so there certainly is a possibility that they could, uh, go that route. Um, but anyone else has he, anything I'll say want to add about net neutrality?
0: Um, I mean, I'm, I, it wasn't there for your entire discussion, but, um, it's it's just something that people should be aware of and we have episodes in the past that detail this in much more length and at much greater detail um but i mean it's just something that's important um there's arguments on on both sides of saying that the government shouldn't intervene in the internet and it should be a free entity but some would argue that some of the corporations in control of the Internet have too much power as it is to allow or to be left to their own devices because they can they have the power to control and restrict information and freedom of people within their, I guess you would call it a jurisdiction. I don't know. Um,
2: but <laughs> yeah, you can really you really can use the same arguments for the two big major corporate ISPs that control the Internet uh, to actually government regulation
0: yeah you know because duopolies work for 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 progress and for competition. but um the one uh, thing that I thought was kind of troubling was apparently, there was a large number of of like posts of comments posted to the FCC that were, and I don't know if you guys covered this while I was away for a second, but um a large number of comments were actually robots and generated by bots. And a lot of them were swayed one way or another, and they were using like real Americans identities and names. And that kind of muddies the waters for an actual discussion to get started. And it makes, I I think that this whole push in December is too big of a rush to do something right now. I think we need to have a bigger discussion as a country and as a democracy in order to get the best decision that everybody wants. Because if you have bots that are all spamming the same comments under different users, it makes it hard to see what the people actually want. And you can't guarantee an economy at that point or a democracy at that point. So it's it, it's it's like a depressing note to, <laughs> to to go into the second half on. But I mean, <laughs> it's just something that has been has been ridiculous and has been very worth following lately. And um, I, 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 I
2: yeah, I definitely agree. It it's definitely a depressing outlook. Um, but w- I remain optimistic because I think when when there's a will, there's a way. And mm-hmm. knowing the engineers that are out there, I think this would be the big push to decentralizing the internet entirely.
0: What um, if uh, what if Google and Facebook and all the other large companies just Filtered everything they did through their own VPN just that's it.
2: <laughs> uh, well, that being said, Google does filter a lot of things already they, yeah. they do. and mm-hmm. Google is the main search engine most of us use to find information on a daily basis yeah. i mean it, it really comes down to like how do you view the internet the internet itself? I view the internet as a utility. I mean these days it is the free exchange of information. it's how we do work, it's how we we get by, it's how we schedule things, it's how we maintain our day to day lives. It's I, how I view it as a utility. I think uh, a lot of people would agree with me on that. And when two corporations try to come in and control that, it's unacceptable. But like you said, we need to have that discussion as a country. And if that doesn't happen mm-hmm. when there's a will, there's a way. I'm going to remain optimistic. I think there's there are other technologies out there to make yeah. web decentralized.
0: Mm-hmm. And not to mention, um, this not only is hard for the American people, but it's also hard for businesses because businesses can't plan around um, around policy that changes on party lines every four years, so it's difficult to do any kind of a plan going forward for any anybody person, the government like you don't we don't know what we're gonna be paying for internet service in four years, let alone next month <laughs> yeah. so like I mean it's it'll be interesting to follow, and we'll definitely if any if any of this um kind of rises to the top of the net neutrality news will definitely be covering it again. But I just wanted to bring one note up because it is all over tech news this week. Everybody is talking about it. So I wanted to, instead of doing a blackout, like we did the one time and instead of doing something else, I wanted to just get one, one last nail in the coffin <laughs> for now. <laughs> so, um, but I think that that's it for the first half. I don't think we had any additional articles to cover um so as for us um just to quickly say we're it, we're streaming live on youtube and twitch um we typically do that every week it's between sunday and tuesday we'll try to do a show and we post before we go live so you have time to get your snacks ready or get your coffee ready depending on whenever we go so with that being said um that's been the first half i'll see you guys in the second half Welcome back, guys. Welcome to the second half of i4O. We are joined just by Urban. It's going to be a fireside chat between you and me discussing our our two least favorite things about the about some things happening in the recent past. You mean a fire chat? rant not a chat fireside Fireside rants yeah more fire less side chats (laughs) (laughs) so um this is going to be something new that we wanted to kind of test and if um if you guys like this um feel free to uh include that in comments or in any kind of communications to us, you can reach out to us on Twitter and Facebook or YouTube and just kind of let us know your thoughts. We're going to kind of, the structure we kind of wanted to roll with was an off the cuff conversation from each person who we have on the show at that time. And each one of us brings something to the table. So for example, Irvin and I happened to be in a particularly fiery mood and we're going to be ranting about two things that are Different, but still important to everybody. So um, this these topics could range anywhere in anything in the tech spectrum. So this could go from a tutorial or someone who has something important in technology that they feel that everybody should know how to do, all the way down to someone gushing over a new product that they want to talk about when whenever they want, or in our case, a, a long-winded rant. So um to jump straight in uh, i figured just to kind of get it going i'll lead off with mine and my topic is uh near and dear to my heart because i could potentially um be a victim to this so uh because i was caught in on one of these deals so and Irvin, i'm sure you've seen this um products yeah. my my topic is amazon and um stuff on amazon and it's it's a, it's relevant because black friday and cyber monday just passed and um a couple of things happen to companies when these two these two particular days roll around one is the deals get a little sketchy like products that are cheap suddenly have this markup price of 120 right. some dollars or or in my case, $399. And then the listed price is now the discounted price right? to give you some kind of, to entice you into thinking you're getting some kind of a deal.
1: They, and like they, they raised the original price to something that was never in, never the original price in the first place. And then they, right. then it shows like a huge discount on M sites like Amazon. And you're like, Ooh, that's a great deal.
0: Right. And then, Um, the other, it's kind of like a two part, like a one, two punch kind of thing that happens on Amazon. Like you get that. So you get like swindled into thinking you're getting a deal. And then two, these trusted products have tons of fake reviews. Yeah. So like that is much harder to spot and it requires a little bit more work on the, the spender or the consumer. But there's a few tools that I use and, um, I now recently have started using all the time. That I wanted to share for anybody who has gone through this, or thinks they might have gone through this, or um, could experience any of these issues, because this pisses me off. Like, <laughs> it's something that like I, I'm I'm astounded that Amazon is allowing on their platform. So yeah, um, it's been for fake, example,
1: yeah, fake reviews or, have been a, an issue on Amazon for a longest time, and now that yeah. um, Black Friday was Amazon's one of the biggest Amazon sales days ever. Um, right. And more and more people are shopping online this is a huge concern. And we would just want to give Matt has a list of tools that he uses uh, to try
0: to spot the fake stuff. Right. Yeah. So um, let me just go into an example first. Um, the one that I particularly saw was there was a Bluetooth speaker. It's the uh, I could be pronouncing that wrong, ball, Bluetooth speaker, wireless, portable Bluetooth speaker. Um, so it comes in right now at $26.99 on Amazon, which is a solid deal for a Bluetooth speaker with over 443 reviews at nearly five stars. But, um, when I saw this on Cyber Monday, it was listed at 16.99 which is still a pretty good deal for the speaker mm-hmm. but it's a discounted down from 26.99 and then above it again it had originally 129.99 <laughs> and i looked and i was like that's a really good deal and my first thought was like okay why is this so cheap right. like what <laughs> what caused the discount that deep um so then I kind of looked into it and at the time this was listed, this had that banner. Um, this is what makes me kind of even more angry about this issue because it had the banner like number one seller in Bluetooth speakers mm-hmm. of this category. And and it was like the official Amazon banner, like Amazon was right. endorsing this purchase. Well, it's, and, that's probably just going
1: off of actual sales. People bought into mm-hmm. that sale probably yeah. and they're like, oh, this is great.
0: So. Yeah. And like, I'm not discrediting the product itself. I'm not, i I personally have never owned the speaker, so I can't speak for no pun intended, how the quality of the sound is. Um, I can't say anything about that, but like, right. I just think the pull practice behind it is like shady and it doesn't, it doesn't go, it doesn't jive nicely with me at all. But um, so going into what I wanted to talk about, um, there's a few tools. The number one tool that I use when checking Amazon deals is a Chrome extension called the Camelizer, and this extension is a tool that, when run, it just uh, sits in the top corner of your Google Chrome browser. And I haven't checked to see if this is also available on um, on Firefox or other browsers. Uh, as of right now, I think it's just on Chrome, but um, it allows you to view the lowest and highest prices that this, that a specific product has been listed at across its entire history of being on Amazon. So, yeah. you know, if you're actually getting a deal yeah. and this it, it, just it, kind of it goes off of a, I think the website that it uses is camel, camel, camel. Yeah. Um, That's- yeah. So, um, when you have the extension, it just sits in the top corner of your Chrome browser. And once you're on an Amazon page, um, you just click on the Chrome extension and it pulls up this little chart um, over top of the Amazon page. And it kind of details out the history in like a a visual, like a visual aid. And the legend is down below. So it'll have like the price types, which is just Amazon's listing or third party or third party used. Mm -hmm. So you can see like, of all different categories, um, and then the that that's just the one nice thing. Um, uh, by default, it'll filter out like extreme values of the product because it kind of can introduce a false positive for a deal. Um, but the thing that I like about it is you can even type in a desired price or like a price set for either one of these categories and put your email in, and this will actually email you when. Um, this product hits your price so that way you can jump on the deal. So if you're like, oh wow, this like for example, this uh, like let's say you're in the market for like a blue Yeti microphone and they normally are like what 130 yeah. or something, you can say like, oh, next time this hits 7999 because I missed Cyber Monday, um, let me know and then it'll inform you so that way the next time that deal comes around you don't miss out. yeah like that's an awesome tool that I see almost nobody using. <laughs> Yeah.
1: And is, it is available on Firefox. Um, it is. Okay. Check. Yeah. It's on their website.
0: Uh, you can That'd be use cool. it in Firefox as well, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially with uh, the new quantum browser. Yeah. You can, mm-hmm. cause I, I've been testing that out. The only reason why I don't like it is well for my home was because we use Google Hangouts. So I'd, I'd like to be able to actually use Hangouts on Firefox and it doesn't, it's very limited at least, but um, that's aside the point. But um. That covers the prices, and that Chrome extension is incredibly helpful for me. But when looking for the much more difficult method of spotting fake reviews on Amazon, um, typically when I read through Amazon reviews, I will look for the verified purchases. So these are reviews posted by someone who actually bought the product. Um. And if that is too much work for you or for anybody, because everyone's exhausted from their Black Friday deals and being out all day, there's two websites. Um, one of which I think is a better resource than the other one, just because they're more transparent in how they obtain this data. Um, but you have the two websites are ReviewMeta and Fixbot. So Fake spot. I kind of, I kind of think it's a little, it's a little weird because they always say, um, uh, let's see. So it says about us, for example, it says like they provide consumers with a new way of filtering products. Our proprietary technology analyzes millions of products. And it's like, they, they mention like proprietary technology or like are in-house tech or some kind of very like vague and high level way of right of saying that like they don't tell you how they do it mm-hmm. which is kind of weird to me but um if you ask me i mean like they're, they tend to be kind of on par both of these sites but my favorite is review meta um not only because of oh hello liza <laughs> not only because of the fact that they will tell you how they do it. And if you wanted to get into like the meat and potatoes of this website, you can see it. But the part that I like is the fact that they also have a browser extension, which is nice. So you can do it from inside your web browser. (laughs) I think I'm going to get Liza out of the room, but I will be right back. And I'm back. Liza has been moved out of the room for the moment. (laughs) So... Um so where was I? Um so review meta. So um these guys also the one thing that I like about them is they do um I think they also analyze reviews not just on all of the Amazon websites but I think they also even do bodybuilding.com so for the the lifters who listen to our podcast they can even check out stuff from that website as well. But it's It's infuriating that you need this many tools in order to know that you're actually getting a deal on possibly the number one retailer in the world when it comes to online stuff, for at least in purchases. Uh, I know the other side of the world from us has, I think, AliExpress, Alibaba. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are the big competitor. That's the big competitor over there. But um, when you're looking towards us and what we have, and I'm sure there's others that I'm not thinking of because... I just, I'm not aware of those, but, um, definitely fake spot review meta and the camelizer are three fantastic extensions. And there was, there was a couple of YouTubers who had done like black Friday deals and I checked some of the stuff that they did because I was like, oh, these are cool stuff. These are cool deals. I want to make sure I'm actually getting a deal. Then like half of them, like they were like, oh, these are like blowout deals. And I looked and I was like, well, you know, it's a deal, but like, it's not the lowest that it's ever been. So like you really could save more money if you just wait a few months or like this time last year, it was this price. So maybe in a couple other months, it'll lower again. Like, I don't know. I I just think that it's something that it's good to save people money because everyone wants to save money on, on black Friday and cyber Monday. Yeah. And I don't know if you've personally used the camelizer or, um, any of these services in the past, but, um, I just recently was uh, turned on to onto Review Meta, and um, their service has been pretty good so far. So, um, but I I try to every time I tried to do it, I tried to perform the search on Review Meta as well as on Fake Spot just to mm-hmm. see how they compare and which and which one is running a different, uh, running a better algorithm or something or yeah, because like, if they're both wrong, there's no way to tell that, but um this at least looks for primarily so like for example a way to break it down and i'm assuming fake spot is doing the same thing in their proprietary technology um (laughs) it's they're probably um doing the same thing so review meta kind of takes the number of verified purchases And the number of unverified purchases and looks at the reviews that are left from those users and it aggregates them. So if you have, for example, five reviews at five stars for unverified um, purchases and you have three reviews for verified purchases at four stars and three and a half stars and uh, like three stars respectively, it will weigh those reviews much heavier than it will the unverified purchases because it's yeah. still possible that some of them may be genuine but the odds are when you get a bunch of unverified with the same review then it's probably a fake review so it's just i thought it was cool that there are services out there that actually kind of aggregate this for people and make it a little bit easier for them to know if they're actually getting a deal yeah so
1: I've heard of a lot of these tools before, but Mm -hmm. I haven't personally gone out on my way to install these extensions or look at these websites yet. But I mean, I think you may have converted me. I may just put these as default extensions Mm -hmm. within Chrome and just to have them there as for things that I'm looking up on Amazon to see how. Yeah. Yeah.
0: because a lot of people think of not getting a good deal, but not a lot of people think of okay, how are the are the reviews actually genuine on this? Because a lot of people just kind of read the reviews and then just kind of take that as as the law. But like, well, it's good. I can save one person a little bit of trouble. And <laughs> you'd be surprised, honestly, how many of these products actually perform this like crazy price gouge. And like, uh, for my example that I got bit with, um, there was a vacuum that was on sale for. It was discounted down from $399 down to $109. And um, as it turns out, the price has just always been $109. (laughs) So (laughs) it was never actually a discount. It was just them making it look like it was a discount. And it even got listed on there. I think Amazon's official Black Friday discounts. So I was like, "That's oh, it's a little weird, but I mean, it's, they, I looked up the reviews for it and the reviews came back on both of them as around like 80%, um, 80% genuine or 80% like the integrity of it there. It says with confidence, like these, these are genuine reviews. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to take a gamble on it. If it's good, then I'll keep it. Uh, if it sucks, I'll keep it. Cause then it's working. But if it, if it sucks beyond its its functionality, then I'll have to return the vacuum. <laughs> so I wanna hear your rant. I wanna I wanna hear um what you've got to educate me. About. Educate
1: I I don't know if I can educate, but I just wanna um talk about Apple a little bit. Um so in the first half we had two stories kinda, kind of kind of Related, maybe not so much, but the first one was talking about how the uh, secure enclave was decrypted, or the decryption keys were posted for right uh, the secure enclave for Apple's uh, phones, Um, and then a news broke um, um, earlier um, in the day that um, you could get access to a laptop. Uh, root access to a Mac laptop uh, wh- was running uh, High Sierra just by typing in the username root and pressing Enter um, with no password, um, which bad. was kind of kind of concerning. And then I, yeah, and then Apple to uh, Apple released a patch for that, um, and uh, they had to um, by releasing that patch they broke. Um, they broke a uh, the file sharing feature within macOS 10 High Sierra, uh, where you can browse um, any more uh, file shares or, or remote computers, so you can browse their files and things like that. So, um, the topic that I want to talk about is, and it's been discussed. I looked at previous articles and like has this topic came come has uh, come up before. Um, Mm -hmm. And it definitely has the first articles that I've seen were all the way back in 2014. So (laughs) this has been talked about for a long, long time. Uh, But that the the topic is um, Apple's software quality. Right. We know. Well, some people might not agree, but I agree that Apple makes great hardware. They've been good at that for a long time. They make one of the best hardware they're one of the best hardware manufacturers on the planet right now in terms of their phones as well as uh, their laptops.
0: I disagree with some of their hardware choices, but yes. I agree with the yeah. fact that those are beautiful pieces of hot garbage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and
1: just, just to uh, say before I go into the rant, I'm a huge Apple fan in terms of what they have done in the past. And I loved using their uh, laptops for... Uh, the things that I, I need, uh, what I needed to get done using the laptops. I, as you guys know, from probably listening to previous episodes of um, this uh, podcast, you know that I'm a Android user, um, so I haven't ever used an iPhone. That's not because I don't like what it's doing. It's just not for me. It's a personal uh, choice. It yeah. doesn't
0: fit. I had it an needs. iPhone. Once. <laughs> the only one I had was the 3GS. It was a long time ago, oh, but man. I haven't gone back. So it's been articles that I
1: found, uh, like I said, dating back all the way to 2014, that Apple's software quality has declined uh, in the past years. So this is true for um, iOS. Uh, people have been noticing with every release of iOS that their phones are getting Uh, buggier and buggier and that is still the case with iOS 11 that was most recently released to iPhones I've heard a lot of complaints of phone people from different kind of weird bugs uh, within iOS there's some some bugs that were like how could that get past your quality control uh, department like the one that replaced the I with this weird character when you typed (laughs) um yeah uh yeah because apple does this beta program now with uh pretty much all their releases that's main for the uh, ios as well as macOS, and uh, somehow that got through that beta multiple versions of their beta releases as well which was kind of interesting but it's it's not huge things but there are some huge things like in uh uh, bugs that came up like that root issue within macOS Mm -hmm. 10 uh but a lot of small things noticeable things you can see the degradation of you mean that the quality of one, the software yeah you mean
0: that 1 plus 2 plus
1: 3 doesn't equal 24 <laughs> yeah that not equal 24 <laughs> yeah that was a bug within apple's calculator app if you typed uh 1 plus 2 plus 3 real fast it equal twenty
0: four. It doesn't have to. It doesn't even have to be really fast. Like you just have to beat the animation. Yeah, like it's the animation was slowing things down. They have like a one and a half, two second long animation. Like you have to type. Like you have a hard time seeing the keys in order to actually get your numbers right. Yeah, like it's a noticeable delay, which is annoying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I, I totally agree. Like their software has been buggier and buggier and buggier as it goes. Everything from like it's starting to now, unfortunately, become a little bit more major, like problems with the enclave and uh, problems with the um, the root admin user mm-hmm. showing up.
1: My favorite one was earlier when uh, High CR was initially released back in uh, about a month or two ago. Um, if you used an encryption on uh, your internal hard drive. Um, mm-hmm. You could, uh, when you got the password prompt to unlock that hard drive, there was a hint button. And typically you would type a hint that would jar your memory of what that password could be. It should be helpful, right? Mm-hmm. The bug was in High Sierra that if you press that hint button, it would actually give you your password in plain text. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: <sighs> oh, man. Um.
1: So it's something that's, that's Something was supposed to keep you secure, but the, all the, per- the whole entire time, the password was just shown to you just by pressing the hint button. In plain a pretty pass. good hint. Pretty good hint. It definitely <laughs> reminds you what your password is. Like, oh, you is know, thanks, password. thanks for that. Oh man, <laughs> maybe maybe Apple was trying to be be, be helpful. Maybe yeah. Maybe We're just that extending was their, a helping hand. Their their, their intention. Um, A lot of people point the decline to the software to um, Tim Cook being in charge after Steve Jobs passing. Uh, He took over Apple and people started noticing um, software quality decline. I don't know how much a CEO really had control of what the software quality is. Maybe Steve Jobs was hands on. I know he's known for being one of the most... I don't know what the word I would use. CEOs out there, um, like a kind of hands-on, like yeah, involved. He involved. He, yeah, Steve Jobs was known to go over every little bit of every product that went out the door for Apple, yeah. and he was very meticulous. Very, yeah, very meticulous. Very, he wanted things to be done a certain way, and uh, maybe Tim Cook is more hands-off, and this is allowing. Uh, this type of stuff to get through. Um, and recently for iOS, um, uh, Johnny Ive, who's in charge of design hardware design at Apple, was in charge of designing iOS itself. That's when it got the new uh, new air um, um, UI update um, after they got rid of all theske morphism uh, within mm-hmm. iOS which, which made things, look previously in the the skeuomorphism is uh just briefly defined as making things look like in real life so in the note note um notes app it would look like actual note sheets of note note paper um or in the game or game center or something game center app Mm -hmm. um it would look like a a (sighs) what did it look like it was look like a game um like a poker table kind of layout or whatever. It had that texture to it. Um, Make it real almost. Yeah, real. One of their apps had like a leather bound kind of thing to it. it Yes. That was a skewed morphine. So they moved away from that. Um, They hired, or they, not hired, they already had Johnny Ives, but they put Johnny Ives in charge of the UI and iOS overall in uh, charge of that. Um, And perhaps maybe because Johnny is not a software guy, he's more of a hardware guy, he knows design. He's not paying attention to the little things within uh, iOS that are um, creating all these bugs, maybe. Uh, That could explain the calculator bug. (laughs) He was worried about those animations and wanted to show off. Like, we have these really cool animations, and the programmer's like, Yep, I'll just program that in. Then think about, okay, what
0: could what issues could this cause? He was just trying to please Johnny. Um, If you type slow and deliberately, (laughs) you can observe the buttons as they rise back. My British accent is terrible, by the uh, way. That
1: was, that was pretty good. I, <laughs> I want to hear you say the A word, though. Aluminium. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I was bad. like, at first I was like, the echo? And I was like, no. Bad. I'm so used to that being the A word. <laughs> I, I'm but glad you knew exactly what I was talking about. Oh yeah, that's 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 like the number one thing. Like, I, I feel like if I was interviewing him, or if I ever got the chance to interview him, my first question would be, "This isn't a question, sir, but can you please just say mm-hmm. uh, the name of the material that goes into cell phones, yeah. the metal, please, sir? Thank you." Yeah, aluminum.
1: Um, I'm sharing an article right now, back from September 25th, 2014, on Cult of Mac titled, "Hey Apple, What Happened to It Just Works?" So it, it, Apple had this campaign. Uh, ad campaign of just saying it just works for Apple products in general um, mm-hmm. and that doesn't seem to I mean this 2014 article is still relevant to that today uh, before in 2014 it was talking about iOS 8 right now we're at on iOS 11 and it was also talking about the iPhone 6
0: when we just got the iPhone 10 released. Mm-hmm um didn't so, that one had a problem too didn't it or the touch screen would like stop working after a while on the top yes the touch, touch id the bug yeah touch the kit yeah yeah uh, that one had problems too
1: yeah that was a more of a hardware huh. issue but yeah no yeah. it's still uh still uh relevant for sure um mm-hmm. also it doesn't seem like oh that also had the bend gate too right uh yeah Ben that gate. was the first iPhone 6. Yeah, what those, those, the Bend Gate, because they moved away from the iPhone 5 design, mm-hmm. that box, and then they went to the more rounded. Um, mm-hmm. for the iPhone 6 Plus, especially got the Bend Gate uh, issue. Um, yeah.
0: Uh, but everybody, just, everyone forgets about those antenna lines. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Google.
1: And let's talk about those new, um, macbooks right everybody a lot of people love the the macbook i personally own one just just as a disclaimer i love the machine over uh overall but if you're in the apple ecosystem it might be um hard for you to i don't know charge your iphone with it uh because you know the iphone uses a lightning cable and the other end of the lightning cable that comes in the box with your phone has a regular USB port and you can not plug it in into your uh, Mac laptop, which kind of doesn't make sense. You need a dongle for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I have no issues with that because I'm pretty much converted over to USB-C because all my Android phones are USB-C. They have been for (laughs) several years. So I have no complaints because I'm fine. I could just get a USB to USB-C cable (laughs) and I'm good. Uh, And I have plenty of those in my house at this point.
0: Um, It's nice. Yeah. Pixel um, out of the box, plug straight into the MacBook Pro.
1: Yep. Which you would never think, but yeah. And you can't do that with Apple's own uh, phone, uh, which is kinda yeah. weird. They, they should just buy the bullet and switch to USB-C at this point. Yep. They should just get rid of lightning altogether.
0: Not only that, but for that, uh, just, just for the sake of that image that you showed me earlier, yeah, where the the headphones that come out of the box with the new iPhone don't even work with the MacBook. You need an adapter right. for it.
1: Yeah. You need the adapter that comes with your iPhone to plug in the headphone jack, which still remains in the MacBooks. Let's probably won't be the case next year. We'll see. Yeah,
0: there was a really tall wall between the Mac OS team and the iOS <laughs> team, or the, the hardware teams, when they were developing their headphone jack systems. Oh man, they just couldn't hear each other's plans over the wall. That's all. Oh, <laughs> uh, so it. What
1: it, it, I'm. Yeah, so. It just seems that there's no clear vision or a driving for like a clear, yeah, a clear vision in terms of what the experience Apple wants you to have when using right. their own products. Right. If you want to fully invest in that Apple ecosystem, are all these operating uh together really well which they have done for in the past so if you're fully invested in the apple ecosystem uh you have continuity built in with your mac laptop so if you have open open one app on your phone you can quickly open it on your macbook because it syncs up there's nice integration between Uh, the new AirPods and all the Apple devices so that you pair it with your phone. It pairs automatically with every single device that's signed into your iCloud device. That's nice. But what if you want to physically connect these devices? I think maybe Apple's trying to push everyone to use everything wirelessly um, through the cloud. But I don't know if people are ready for that. They still want to plug things in and um, I think in Apple's perfect world, they would just get rid of every single port and every single product that they make, and have everything go through <laughs> Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. <laughs> in yeah. in Apple's perfect world, and I don't know if I want to live in that world. I
0: don't know if I want to go. That I still want my ports. I want to get off Tim Cook's wild ride. <laughs> <laughs> the the thing with Apple that bothers me is I, I agree it's. Uh it, it could be a it's kind of like a two-part almost. I think one, they're pushing this agenda of closing their systems more and more and mm-hmm. removing ports, if you will. Um, is that I would I would assume that they would eventually want the iPhone just to be this fully solid piece of aluminum Yeah, that never needs to get opened. Um But I think part of this issue derives from I think it's more on Tim Cook than some people might allow, and this is my opinion. This is completely um, subjective. So um, this is something that uh, I've just come to notice. He seems to be more of a. He came from their manufacturing department. Like he uh, was.
1: No, he was in charge of logistics. Right. Logistics. Yeah, the logistics. I
0: always get the two mixed up, but um, he um he's coming from that logistics background. Everything needs to be. Um, assembly, like very lean, like cutting, uh, cutting out inefficiencies very, very quickly and mm. kind of moving forward very rapidly with production and granted under him, their stock has performed fantastically, but, um, like you're saying, their hardware quality has degraded substantially to the point where basically their best seller is a watch at this point like <laughs> they're almost all, they're they're almost a watch company at this
1: uh, point I mean they're still selling plenty of iPhones so oh, yeah. That, yeah yeah uh, so that's still main they're still that's still st- that I can't talk I that's still their main <laughs> bread and butter um the iPhone but I think they're looking for different avenues of what could that be I mean I don't know if it's at the watch I don't have that right. maybe a fad at this point uh, yeah. we'll see how long that
0: lasts Um, But I just think that kind of uh, with what I was saying was that just with that manufacturing and logistics mentality, some of the details around the hardware and around the software may get left out or may get overlooked. Yeah, And I think that um, because, as we mentioned earlier, Steve Jobs was very hands on with the production to the point where he was basically like holding his developers over the fire to get these products done before he demoed them. Mm-hmm. Um, like yeah. it had not having someone who kind of like lights that kind of fire on their butts, like really kind of, I think impacts it, it could impact the quality and it's definitely something that could be one of the reasons why. Yeah. So for sure, if if I had to pick a reason, <laughs> it's probably one of them. Yeah, And then it's
1: not necessarily that maybe uh, Steve Jobs was so hands on, but he had that mentality, right? He put that sort of mission forward throughout the company so that the managers who were managing entire teams, let's say, who were in charge of macOS had that same type of. Drive right for perfection because they knew whatever product was they were going to deliver had to go through Steve Jobs, and he was going through everything with a a fine uh comb. Right, he was expecting every little piece of it. So, he from that, just by knowing that, there, those managers who were in charge of the developers developing certain products were also reiterating that to the development team saying, Hey guys, you have to get this right or else. Yeah. We're mm-hmm. in trouble. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think Matt or Matt, uh, Tim cook. <laughs> hey, you, Matt, you want to run Apple? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> um, uh um, yeah, I don't think Tim cook has that, has that drive or that, that, that push, uh, that he's what, translating to the entire company i don't know
0: yeah no i i totally i, I think that because uh, if I've, I've just listened listening to interviews and seeing uh various documentaries about him and it, uh, people that he's directly worked with steve yeah. jobs um there's been more than several interviews where people or more than several meetings that he's had with fellow employees where some of them have left in tears yeah so like have- he's a very very um I don't even know how to put it. Like, just very demanding CEO, mm-hmm. and having that kind of pressure over you all the time, um, and knowing that this man can like—I don't care what anybody says—he's probably the best salesman slash entrepreneur of of the last five decades. Yeah. So maybe even of all time, um, in in human history that we can have recorded, but like. Mm-hmm. Um, At this at this point, um, it's it's definitely noticeable and it's showing and it's definitely going to be something that we're all keeping an eye on if Apple can kind of get this back and kind of get back to those days where um, everything they created had this like air of mystery to it or excitement. Or something like that because like you're saying their quality has degraded their stock's doing fantastic right and they're wonderful to shares to shareholders and to their stakeholders but like to the consumer like i I, like you were saying people that you can hear people are saying that there's bugs and stuff in ios 11 and i know people firsthand who are like explicitly avoiding downloading ios 11 for the purpose of they don't want these bugs so yeah. yeah for sure uh, i don't even know uh, I mean, we can try running apple i, n-
1: I know we, we yeah we can we we can uh, take over right yeah we got this um yeah. so i'm gonna share uh one screen and we're just gonna end um apple to apple talk here and then uh matt i just sent you a picture so that you can see it but i'm gonna share this screenshot with everyone else on our uh, on the video recording right now but uh, i just want to end it Uh, there's a great design by apple of how to charge their latest uh, magic mouse Um, so (laughs) yeah i just want to just leave this picture up there um uh yeah so if you want to charge your out magic mouse uh you, it's unusable until this it's charged. a feat of engineering feat of engineering what genius thought is like hey let's put that port right there that won't that won't bother uh, anyone
0: actually you know what um <laughs> i think i actually have i do hold on oh, there God. is a um microsoft actually i think made it was logitech they made a mouse with the very same hole in the bottom oh no this is like super slim mouse and there's the <laughs> usb port on the bottom and uh for the viewers uh i could list this product in the show notes but i'm not going to because no, i'm going to save you the trouble yeah. of <laughs> avoiding a terrible product i bought it because i was like "Ooh, this will be like really cool to slip in my pocket and like take with me to presentations and like right. take it with me to like a conference so that way i could have like a mouse to have like on my lap or on the arm of a chair or, like a super small mouse but like nope this thing sucks it's terrible it's been in my drawer ever since <laughs> and when it dies, you can't use it. (laughs) Oh man. All right. Well, with that,
1: I hope you guys enjoyed this second half. That was sort of different uh, than we previously done. Uh, we love to hear feedback. So if you want to leave comments on our Facebook, Twitter, um, uh, and on YouTube or wherever you find this video, please do. We'll, we'll take that into account next time. Give us feedback. Do you like it? Don't like it? We, uh, any feedback, we'll, we'll definitely take it. Uh, you can find us on multiple platforms. If, you know, if, if you're interested in subscribing to our podcast, we're available on Google Play, iTunes, um, and pretty much every podcatcher that, that's out there. So if you just search for Industry 4.0, um you'll definitely find us just look for the uh number four with the two gears uh with a white background you can also find us on twitch um so we do this show rec- we record this show uh, live so if you want to subscribe to us uh please do so you get a notification every time we start recording you can find us on twitch.tv industry 4o uh, I mentioned the Facebook and Twitter previously it's all the same uh, facebook.com slash industry40 and twitter.com slash industry40 and that's industry40 all spelled out um, music was brought to you by as always the great Jeff Buzinski. Uh you can find him at soundcloud.com slash the um, with that being said Uh, Thank you guys for joining us this week. This has been an episode of Industry
0: 4.0. See you guys in episode 30. (laughs) Good stuff.